Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. Folks, we've been going through the Gospel of Luke. We're up to chapter 11. When we entered into chapter 11, we were confronted with a situation where a disciple asked Jesus, Jesus, teach us to pray as John's disciples were taught by him. And so Jesus then introduces the Lord's Prayer as we know it in verses 1 through 4. And then verses 5 through 8, he talked about then the persistence that you and I need to have in pray. That is, that you and I need to continually go to God and bring before him the things that are on our hearts And now as we get into verses 9 through 13, he's going to take it one step further. He's going to tell us another dimension of prayer that I think all of us here need to grasp. Because the fact of the matter is, is that we struggle with prayer. In fact, that's what our first section is here, if you notice the first point. Meaningful prayer is difficult. Here's the reality, folks. All of us pray. We say prayers over dinner. We say prayers before we go to bed. We say prayers when we have a problem. If you're a student, you didn't study, you say a prayer. God give you wisdom. Like it's supposed to appear out of thin air or something. We pray. But the problem is, let's be honest with you, meaningful prayer. Where you you yourself are engaging the heart of God concerning the issues that are in your life. That's difficult. That's a struggle. Meaningful prayer, and let's, let's remind ourselves, what is prayer? Prayer is not a religious exercise. Prayer is simply talking with God. It's simply talking with Him. And so, when you talk about a meaningful conversation with God, that's difficult for us. We struggle with it. In fact, I dare say that it is probably one of the hardest things for you to do as a believer, as a Christian. It's easy to do something for the church. It's easy to give. It's easy to serve in some capacity. But when you talk about you sitting down and having a meaningful conversation with God about the things that are on your heart and the things that you need Him to do, let's be honest, that's difficult. Here's the second thing I want you to see about it. We give up too easily. Here's what makes the struggle. First of all, it's hard in itself, but then when you start, let's say you decide, I'm going to start praying, I'm going to start talking with God about the stuff in my heart. The problem is, is after a while you give up too easily. And the reason why we give up too easily is because we don't see God answer the prayers that we want Him to answer. Maybe we've been disappointed. Maybe we've saw Him do the exact opposite of what we wanted Him to do. And we struggle with that. We heard about that. And so we give up. Because remember now, we're the microwave generation. We're the instant generation. We're the drive through at McDonald's and we want our burger now. How dare you tell me to pull over to the side? We don't like that. Here's the other thing I want you to see. 
Here's the other thing that makes it a struggle, and we're going to talk about this specifically today in this passage. We're unsure about God's attitude towards us. Meaningful prayer is difficult. We give up too easy, but here's the bottom line. When it comes to every one of us, we're unsure about God's attitude towards us. Here, let me help you to understand what I'm talking about. Let's say in my relationship with Lori, I need her to do something for me. And, but yet, at that point in our relationship, the fellowship between us is not sweet, it's intense. Do you understand what I mean by intense fellowship? I mean, it's not good. And if it's not good, and I know that she's ticked off at me, legitimately so, mad at me, how far do you think I'll get if I go to her and ask her to do something for me or to give me something? How far do you think I'll go, folks? Do you think I'll get very far? I almost get, I'm going backwards. I'm not getting anywhere with her. I shouldn't even open my mouth. I shouldn't even think about it. Because I'm sure that I know that the answer is going to be what, folks? No. Or you've got to be kidding me. Do you understand what I'm saying? I already know that. Now, here's the problem. Everybody understands that. You're laughing at me and Lori, but we know how you are, too. Right? But listen to me. Here's the thing. We carry that same kind of concept over into our relationship with God. And one of the difficult things for us when we pray is, is because we know how we are. We know our failures. We know our sins. We know our guilt and our shame. And we know that He knows them. And we're so unsure about how God's going to be about us coming to Him. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? This is what makes prayer. It unnerves us. It's like it's not like when I could talk to Lori. At least I got facial expressions to let me know what's going on. Do you know what I'm saying? But with God, can you see Him? God is a spirit. You can't see him. And the silence, it only makes us feel even more insecure, doesn't it? And, and the, really, the reality is, is that prayer is a struggle because of our insecurity, because we're unsure about God's attitude towards us. That's the struggle we have. Can everybody relate to that? So here comes Jesus. He's, he's, he's talked to them about how to pray, what to pray for. He's, he's told them about being persistent, about coming to Him continually and, and praying until there's an answer. But now He's going to talk to us about the reality of prayer. So I want you to notice with me verses 9 through 13. And notice what He says. He gives us an encouragement. And I want you to notice what He says. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. 
Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? If he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If then, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Folks, we're going to see a couple things here in this passage. We can break this passage down into two sections. We're going to look at, we're going to see an encouragement. Jesus is going to encourage us as far as the issue of prayer. And then we're going to see the nature of God. Because really, that's really what the bottom line is, isn't it? The reason why I struggle is because I'm unsure about God. So he's going to encourage us to pray. And then he's going to reveal something to you and I about the nature of God that you and I can bank on, that you and I can be sure about when we pray, that needs to be in the forefront of our minds when we go and talk to God about the things on our heart. So let's look at the encouragement. We see that, first of all, in verses 9 through 10. First of all, Jesus encourages us to keep on praying. Jesus encourages us to keep on praying. In fact, when you look at that passage there, look at what it says there. I say to you, ask, seek, knock. Now, our English translation doesn't bring it out well because the verb tense in the original languages is a continual process. So he's saying, keep on asking. Keep on seeking. Keep on knocking. Do you understand? Jesus is describing prayer to us here. Prayer is just not a one-time thing. Where A lot of us, this is where we get frustrated. Oh, I asked him to do something. How often did you pray about it? One time. And he didn't do it. Here's the reality. Jesus is saying, when you pray, when you go before the Father, you keep talking to him about it. You keep going back to him. You keep asking Him to do something about it. He encourages us to keep on praying. He encourages us to keep going to Him. That's the exact opposite of where we are, isn't it? What do we do? We give up. Well, George, how long do I keep going to Him? However long it takes till you know that God's hurt you. Remember, I shared this with you a couple weeks ago. It's left our vocabulary in church these years. Used to, long ago, if you talk to some of those who were seniors, they'll, they'll remember in church that we talked this way. We used to talk about praying things through. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Praying things through. We quit talking that way. Because that doesn't fit with our culture anymore. Back then, when we didn't have the society we have right now where everything happens instantly where we want everything to happen yesterday instead of today, people relied on God a lot more. And what they would do is, is they would pray, and they would pray until they knew that God gave them an answer. And so they would, if a situation arose, they would, quote, pray it through. They kept on praying. See, we're not like that. We're not like that at all. 
We want God to send us an email with a tracking number so we can watch the progress of our package, of our answer. I mean, you think about it. How many years did Abraham pray for a son? Can you wait that long? 25 years. How many years did David flee from Saul in the desert? Knowing that he was going to be king. And praying for God to deliver him from his enemies. How long? See, we can't even think that way. We can't even think that. We can't even begin to think that way. We think so short term, we fail to see things that God sees things what? Long term. In fact, isn't it what Peter says? A day is as a thousand years to the Lord, and a thousand years as a day? And some of you are saying, you mean i got to wait a thousand years? I'm ready to give up. No, but Jesus says, look, when you pray, he's encouraging us, keep on praying. Keep on seeking. Keep on knocking. You keep praying. So you know that you've gotten through to God. Because here's the other part of his encouragement. He promises that they will be answered. He promises that they will be answered. Look with me at verse 10. Look at what it says there. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. What's he saying here? God, God is saying, I'm going to answer you. Now let me just stop for a moment, because that does not mean he's going to give you what you want. Because sometimes the answer is no. This is where we have a trouble. This is our struggle. Because we think, listen to me, we think he should answer the way we do. But God sees things differently than we do. He sees things, he sees more about the situation than we do. Well, why bother praying then? You can't have that attitude. Listen. On the back table, I think there's a few left there. We haven't made any more, but we will make them. There's a prayer journal back there. And let me encourage you what to do with a prayer journal. When, with a prayer journal, you write down your request on one column, and on the other column, you write down your answer. And here's what I have found over the years as I've used my prayer journal. Is, is that I mark the answers. I, I get a blue highlighter, and I put a mark by each one of those requests. And, it, and when I open up my prayer journal, I find that God answers most of my prayers the way that I asked Him to. Now, there's a lot of ones that are blank where I write down, He said no. But usually when I ask something of God, He answers. Does you think that motivates me to keep on praying then about other situations? You better believe it. This is what Jesus is trying to say to you. Yeah, maybe you've been praying for this one thing to happen and it hasn't happened yet. But you know what? You need to give God that situation and say, God, okay, you're in better control of that than I am. And when you're ready to answer it, you answer it. But God, if you keep praying with him and sharing with him and showing him things, 
He begins to answer them. He promises that. In fact, now some of you are having a hard time with that because it's like, well, it seems like all I'm getting is no's. Do you ever think you might want to think about how you're praying or what you're praying for? What he gives us is what's best for us. In fact, that's what we're going to see here about the nature of God. So that really leads us into it. If I'm going to understand the whole issue of prayer and who I'm talking to, this is what Jesus is revealing to us about God. I've got to understand his nature, who he is, and how he deals with me. Because remember what I said, it's a struggle for us because we're unsure about how God sees us. We're unsure about his attitude towards us. But what he does is there's an illustration that kind of gives you an understanding of exactly who God is. Of exactly what God wants to do with you. Of exactly how He cares for you. So notice with me. Let's look at it again. Verse 11 through 13. If a son asks for bread from his father, any father among you, will he give him a stone? If he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? If he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Here's the nature of God. First of all, here's what Jesus is doing. Jesus reveals God's heart concerning our prayers. Jesus is asking a question of, the crowd, of, of His disciples. He's saying, you know what? If, if a son comes to any dad among you and says, Dad, I'm hungry. Do you have any bread? And the dad said, Here. And gives him a stone. How many of you know a dad like that? If he comes and asks for a fish, he turns around and says, Here, here's a snake. No dad acts that way. And if they do, they lock him up. You know that. That kind of, this is what we're talking about here. That's abusive. In fact, Jesus goes one step further in saying, if you being evil, knowing our sinful natures, know how to be good to your children, how much more is God towards you? How much more will God be towards you than a human father is to his own children? See, he's trying to reveal to us God's heart. See, I don't need to worry about how God's going to take me when I come to pray to Him. I'm going to know that God loves me and cares for me more than any human father would love and care for me. More than any human being would love and care for another human being. God loves me far more than that. How much does He love you? He loves you so much He sent His own Son to die for you. That's the reality. And, and here's the second point. Like a father, God will meet our needs. Like a father, God will meet our needs. Notice something here. He'll meet your needs, not your wants. He'll meet your needs, not your wants. You know what? You may want T-bone but all you're getting is venison. But your needs are being met. You know what I'm saying? Now some of you are saying, venison's better than T-bone. Okay, bad illustration. 
okay? But you understand my point. Okay, you might want, okay, here's one. You might want a T-bone, but all you're getting is tofu. Okay? No, the point is, is that like a father, like a heavenly father, God is so much more. God meets your needs, not your wants. You know, here, here's, here's, here's the attitude of Jesus. Remember what Jesus said? Jesus said that we're to come to him like what? A little child? This is what he's talking about here, folks. Because it's not been too long that I remember my little ones coming to me. It just happened to me the other day. One of my kids came to me and said, Dad, I need you to fix this. Do you remember that, parents? And what'd you say? No! I ain't got time for you. A good parent wouldn't say that. And what Jesus is saying is that if, if you being evil are like that, how much more will God meet your needs? See, folks, we need to pray. We need to talk to Him. But he goes one step further in this statement here about the whole issue of nature, the nature of God. He says God will empower us with His Holy Spirit. Look at what he says there in verse 13. How much more will your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? What does the Holy Spirit do, folks? Strengthens you. Empowers you. Gives you wisdom guides you, comforts you. How much more will He give Him, give Himself to you if you ask Him? But that's the reality is we've got to start asking, don't we? And we, it's not just a one-time thing. We've got to keep on asking. Keep on praying. Keep on seeking. Because we know that there is a God who wants to hear from us. Who wants to meet our needs. We've got to keep going. We've got to keep going. You know, as we wrap up this section, because we're going to be done with prayer here. We've spent the last two weeks, this is our third week, looking at the issue of prayer. Next week, we'll look at another component of what Jesus is saying here as we go on in the Gospel of Luke. But as we wrap this up, how do we apply it to our lives? I think the first thing you've got to do is ask yourself a straightforward question. Do you find prayer a struggle? You know, we can mindlessly pray. Have you noticed that? We mindlessly pray over supper. And we, and, and, have you ever done this? Pray over supper and then about five minutes later somebody will say, did we pray? You know what I'm talking about? Because it was mindless. Let us bow our heads, pray. It never had any impact on anybody there at the table. So much to the point where, where we're chowing down food and half of it's gone and we're thinking, oh, by the way, did we pray? Oh, yeah, yeah. Remember somebody else? Do you know that prayer is a struggle for you? 
if it's mindless, it's a struggle. If you find yourself giving up praying about issues, it's a struggle. If you're unsure about how God feels about you when you're praying, it's a struggle. Is prayer a struggle? If you don't know how to pray, is it a struggle? I mean, you've got to be realistic with yourself. The only way that you're going to progress in the whole issue of prayer is to admit to yourself, prayer is a struggle for me. Folks, for me, I'm a pastor. One of the areas that I'm to give myself to, the first area is to the Word, the other area that the Scripture calls me to is prayer. I'm going to be honest with you, prayer is a struggle for me. It has been for years. I pray. But a lot of times I feel uncomfortable. I've seen God answer prayers. Amazing prayers. But I still find it a struggle. Do you find it a struggle? That's the first step. Here's the other thing. How do you think God sees your prayers? See, this will determine a lot. How do you think God sees your prayers? This really gets to the heart of the matter. Part of the issue of talking with Him and struggling with the whole issue of talking with Him is how we perceive God, what we think about God, how God views us as we pray. Because that's going to determine whether or not you're going to keep praying. You know, you might be here and you grew up in a home where it was a critical home where you were criticized all the time, and so you never matched up, and so you carry that over into your prayer life. And so now when you talk to God, you feel like God thinks that you never match up good enough. So why bother asking? Those are real feelings, folks. How do you think God views you? How do you think God views you? How do you think God views your prayers? And then finally, let me just say this. Keep on praying. Keep on praying. Because here's the thing. You've got to barrel past your feelings. Well, let's be honest. How many of you did not feel like getting out of bed this morning? I didn't. It's okay, it's Sunday. But if it was Monday and you got to go to work, and you just decided to let your feelings dictate what you're going to do that day, how many of you would still have a job? You can't let your feelings dictate things. And when it comes to relationships, listen to me, when it comes to the relationship with God, sometimes you can't let your feelings dictate that relationship. And even in spite of the fact where you think He's not listening to you or He doesn't love you or whatever, you got to keep on praying. you got to keep going to Him. you got to keep speaking with Him, talking with Him, having meaningful conversation, laying a hold of Him and saying, God, I need you to hear me. Keep on praying. Don't give up. Don't give up. You say, well, how how do I know? Because he says right here, he's greater than any loving father. He cares about you. And he will hear you. And he will answer you in his time. Thank you for being with us this morning. 
And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.